Hey, last week we, we began a, 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 a passage in, in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And we talked about that, that word blessing, that it, a lot of translations say it's praise, but it, it's really not in, in the seven words or, or uh, phrases they use in the Old Testament for praise. It's not one of them, but it's really more of a, of a surrender, of a declaration, of bowing the knee. The word is uh, barak, which simply means to bow the knee in respect and under the authority of God. So when he was saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, he is saying, Lord, I surrender, I submit my life in, in my eternal being to your sovereignty. When the scripture says in, in Acts that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, there's going to be a time that every knee will bow. And by the way, that includes the devil himself is going to bow and is going to say, you are sovereign. But we've done it now. We have said, Lord, here is my eternal destiny belongs to you. I submit my eternal destiny into your hands. He goes on to say, and all that's within me, my mind, the way I think is submitted to you. My spirit, the way I feel, is submitted to you. My body, what you want me to do and where you want me to go and what you want me to say, I submit to you. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Then he goes on to say it again in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and none of his benefits or submit to the Lord and don't forget what he's done for you it's easy to forget have you ever noticed that we're forgetful the reason why the scripture says things so many times is because we as humanity are we're forgetful we lose our keys we lose our wallet sometimes we lose little children uh, I lost one of my daughters. She was decided that when she was two, she was going to hide under a clothes rack in a store. You've never experienced terror until you look around and your child's gone. And when you find them, you don't know if you want to hug them or beat them. But we lose things. That's just what, what we do as part of who we are is... is and David here in Psalm 103, he's referencing this human condition of ceasing to care or, or failing to mention or forgetting what God has done for us. It's easy to do. September 1st, 1923, it was a phenomenal event that happened. The Great Kanto Earthquake on September 1st, 1923, rocked Japan. Tokyo and Yokohama were just laid barren. 140,000 people lost their lives. Half of the buildings in Tokyo were razed to the ground. The earthquake, which was a 7.9, if you've ever been in an earthquake, you, you'll sing, I, I, I feel the earth move under my feet. 
It's, uh, it's devastating. It created a tsunami 39 and a half feet. Can you imagine standing on the shore and seeing a 40-foot wave come your way? It took out the entire coastline. Japan was reeling. And this was in the infancy of, of uh, transcontinental uh, radio. And Japan sent out a call for help. And America responded. Of all the money that was given to help Japan, America more than doubled everybody else together. 70% of everything that was given to Japan was from the United States. The United States gave 2.4% of their gross national product that year to Japan. In our economy, that would be billions upon billions upon billions of dollars. Just gave it to Japan. Our Navy went in and helped them restructure and, and, and helped provide housing and, and, and built roads and everything else they needed just to survive. It was a monumental effort and a work of love, of humanity, helping humanity. And Japan, in a declaration after that, he, the emperor said, America, we will not forget. And yet, 18 years, three months, and six days later, on December 7th, 1941, Japan attacked Pearl Harbor. Japan forgot see it's easy for us to forget what God has done and what God is doing and the truth is that, that all of us have at some point in our life for a variety of reasons have forgotten the blessings of God it's easy to get our eyes onto the circumstances of life right in front of us and off of the benefits of God. We, we forget about the advantages and we look at the disadvantages. We, we forget about the profit of serving God and we look at the problems of life. We, we look at the, forget about the value that's in trusting the Lord and we look at the venue that's been laid before us in this finite life. We forget, and it's human. That's why the scripture says, don't forget. Several years ago, I was, had a counseling session with a couple, and they'd been married for quite a while. They came in, they were sitting at, on the couch, and one was sitting on this side of the couch, and one was sitting on that side of the couch. They had their bodies turned away from each other, and I asked the dumbest question ever. I said, how are you guys doing? And it was, they instantly jumped up and within 3.5 seconds were screaming at one another. I thought I should have been the announcer at a boxing match. And in this corner, wearing the red trunks, you know, it was amazing. And they were screaming at one another, yelling at one another. And I thought, they're possessed. But then an amazing question came to my mind. I, I got him to calm down. I said, 
just calm down. They, they went to their corners and away from each other. And I asked this question. I said, where'd you guys meet? And it was kind of rough, and they started telling a little bit. And then I said, what was your first date? And they started talking a little bit. And I noticed that they, their bodies were turning toward one another. And I said, when was the first time you guys kissed? And I started asking questions. And within about 15 minutes, they were sitting side by side holding hands. I was no longer fearful for my life. <laughs> but they had forgotten the beauty of love for one another. Life had got in the way and had caused them to, to look at everything with blinders on. But when they opened their eyes and they realized that they were in this life together, it, it transformed them and it, and it changed them because they remembered the blessings of being together. And when we look at, at all the blessings of God and, and we look at all the love that God has for us and from the pit from which he took us from and the love that it took to bring us to where we are, that's when we will begin to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. But sometimes we forget. And I want to talk to you about a couple of things that will help you and helps me remember out of the Scripture. Number one is trust in God's promises. Always trust the Word of God. Sometimes you can't trust your feelings. You definitely can't trust your own thoughts. You can't trust what you see in front of you. But there's one thing and one thing only that you can always trust on, and that is the Word of God because it never changes it's unmovable and if God said it he will do it remember the story of Joseph here's Joseph 17 years old God gives him the dream Joseph you're going to rule your family you're going to be over your brothers over your dad so what does he do he's a normal 17 year old he goes and says guess what I'm in charge and his brother said, we'll see about that. Threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery. But wait a minute, God. You promised, you said, your word said that I would be this leader. And yet here I am, I'm sold into slavery. But he does the very best from where he's at because he's holding on to the promise of God, even though it doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. He gets lied to because he has godly character and when he doesn't sleep with his master's wife, she lies about him and he's thrown into prison. And he's in prison and he does the very best he can, but it seems like that the promise that God gave him keeps getting farther and farther away and yet he's still hanging on to the promise of God. And while he's in prison... The baker and the butler for, the, for Pharaoh were thrown in there because Pharaoh was displeased with him one day. And they both had a dream. And Joseph said, well, tell me your dreams. And, he, and they told him his dreams, and he told the butler, he said, 
your dream simply means this. In three days, he, you're going to be restored. And he told the uh, baker, in three days, king's going to hang you. And he said to the butler, because the baker, he was going to be gone. He said, remember me. And sure enough, in three days, the butler was restored, the cupbearer, to Pharaoh. The baker was hung. And then the scripture says something amazing. You would think it would say, and instantly the butler ran over to Pharaoh and said, hey, there's a guy down here. It's great. The Bible says, two years later, two years later. Can I stop and ask you for a moment? What has God promised you that seems like it's taking an eternity to get through? Two years later, Pharaoh has two dreams and none of his magistrates can interpret. And then the butler says, Pharaoh, I've got to repent. There is a man and he's in prison. And he can interpret your dream. God had to take Joseph to the prison to get him in front of Pharaoh. When Joseph was given the dream, uh, the promise of God that he would be ruler, he was not prepared, he was not equipped, and he was not trained. I would say that his heart wasn't even where it needed to be. But the circumstances that he went through determined and, and developed him and, and broke off those rough edges. And he became the leader that God had called him to be, not in spite of what happened, but because of what happened. And you may be looking at your life today and you say, well, man, I, I don't know why all these things are in my life. I don't know what's happening in my life. Could it be that, that just like Joseph, that you're trusting in God, you're trusting in the Word of God, you're trusting in God for your family, you're trusting in God for that healing, you're trusting in God for that financial blessing, and it could be that, that you say, okay, Lord, this is what your Word says, and yet it seems to get farther and farther. And could it be that God is transforming you to get ready to receive stand firm on the promises of God if it's in the word of God you can believe it if it's in the word of God you can, you can trust it the, other, the second thing I, I, would, I would call to your attention if you want to, to remember the blessings of God is simply this don't forget to praise the Lord don't forget to call. Remember when, when David was running from Saul. David's been anointed king. David has played before Saul. Saul has tried to kill him on a couple of occasions. And, and this time, Saul means it. And David takes off and he's running for his life. And as he and some of his men, with no sword, no, no weapons of any kind, no food, they're literally running for their lives, they see the priests. Ahimelech, and, and, and he's, he's in the temple, or not in the temple, but he's, uh, he's uh, tabernacle, and, and David asked him, he said, do you have any food? And he said, well, the only food I have is from the Lord's table. If, if your men have 
been cleansed or sanctified and he said they have so they gave him the food from the Lord's table and then David asked him this amazing question he says do you have any weapons he said man I don't really have any weapons he said no wait a minute I have one it's the sword that you used to kill Goliath can you imagine David said there's no sword like that can you imagine when David picked up that sword? Now keep in mind, Goliath had at least three feet on him. He was tall. He was big. I don't think he had a little sword. And here's old five foot six, five foot eight. David holding the sword of a nine and a half foot tall giant. <sighs> Maybe the sun was glistening off of it. Maybe he could still see a stain where he had chopped off the Goliath's head. Maybe he started thinking about, you know, before Goliath, when that lion came and he took him out. And when that bear came and he took him out. See, remembering the blessings of God, remembering what God has done, will build faith and encouragement in you to face what you're doing, going through today so you can add another lit on the list of things God has done for you. It develops your faith to say, if God took care of me with the lion, and God took care of me with the bear, and if God took care of me with Goliath, certainly he has called me to be the king of Israel. He will keep me from the hand of Saul. Remember the times that God has blessed you. Remember the times that God has always been there for you. He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is always there. We just have to remember. The priest said this. He said, I have the sword. You'll find it behind the ephod. The ephod was the garment of praise that the priest wore. If you want to reconnect with the blessings of God that has been in your life and that's going on in your life right now, put on that garment of praise. Begin to praise God. Begin to lift him up. I've said it a thousand times. I'll probably say it a thousand times more. The more you praise God and the greater he gets, the smaller your circumstances. Praising God will help you remember the blessings of the Lord. Trust in him. So as, as Joseph, trust in the word of God. As David, remember what God has done. And you remember through praising the Lord. And the third thing I would like to bring to you is simply this. Don't forget to look at your circumstances from God's perspective. Isn't it easy to look at it from our own eyes? We see things the way we want to see them. After all, uh, Pastor Ron showed me a picture when he talked about that guy that came through. Now, Ron, Pastor Ron's not a small guy. And I saw a picture of this guy. He would make at least two of him. And he wasn't chubby. If you weren't right with God, you'd get right with God if he was coming towards you. It's like, he was big. 
You know, and, and it's amazing, and, and to be honest, I have no idea where I was going with that. <laughs> but we need to look at things from God's perspective. Sometimes our, our problems look as big as that guy. It's like, oh man, I can't get around. I can't get around that guy. I couldn't fight him. I couldn't go under him. I can't outrun him. It, it's just, how am I going to get out of my problems? One of my favorite psalms is Psalm 73. It's written by the director of music, Asaph. And he says this. He said, my feet almost slipped. Just like, you ever had your feet slide out from under you? You ever catch yourself? Like, whoa. whoa." Uh, Or I was somewhere yesterday, and and a lady in front of me, something just said, watch her. Watch her, watch her. So, and she was an elderly lady, and she tripped and almost fell. And I was right there to grab her, but she caught her balance. She almost slipped. Asaph said, I almost lost out with God. When I considered the prosperity of the wicked, when I looked at how the world was prospering and God's people weren't, when I looked at everybody else's blessings and I didn't have them. He said, I, I, I almost lost out with God. I almost missed it. I, I forgot to look at the blessings of God in my life because they were clouded by the, by the envy of, of the world and, and, and everything that everybody else was being blessed by, but I wasn't being blessed by. And he says, and then, then he says this, but then, but then, but then, I made my way. He didn't find himself there. He intentionally went. I made my way to the house of God. And he said, and in the house of God, I understood their end. I, see, when you're away from the house of God, when you're away from the people of God, it's easy to get a temporal perspective and become inward focused. But when you're with the saints of God and when you see people around you and you rub shoulders with those that are around you that are, that are uh, walking through good times and walking through bad times and, and, and they say things to encourage you. It helps you get off of the temporal and get on the eternal. And you begin to see life as God sees life, as a vapor of smoke, as here today and gone tomorrow. And, and then you realize that this world is not our home. Don't forsake the house of God. Because when you forsake the house of God, you're like that that sheep that left the fold. And you think you're strong, and you think that that you're going to be okay. But when you're on your own, it's hard to defend yourself. And it's easy for the adversary to grab you. You say, well... I, I was hurt, and, and, and for the record, I'm off my notes, and I'm meddling right now. Uh, you say, I, I, I was hurt. I was hurt. Uh, you know, somebody in church hurt me. Somebody said something. 
you know what? There's not a person in here that hasn't been hurt or by somebody that said something in church. But here's, here's what gets me. And I, and I, have, I have loved ones that, that can't get over that. And it grieves me. And the reason why it grieves me is because the church, the people of God, are the body of Christ. And here's the amazing thing about church. God puts people from all nationalities, all ethnicities, all, um, um, all uh, different ways of, of, of finance and, 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 and stratus in life, and he puts us all together and says, get along, love one another, encourage one another, strengthen one another, bless one another. He does it. He doesn't put us together so we'll always live in harmony. And I'm going to challenge you that if you've been hurt by somebody in church and you're thinking about not being around God's people because somebody hurt you in church, you're, you're not in church for the right reason because you're, you're not here to get approval of people. You're here to worship the Lord and you're here to serve one another. All the gifts of the Spirit are all designed to bless the body of Christ. Don't forget God's people. Don't forget to minister to them. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I do know this. Uh, I, I do know this. That I agree with Pastor Ron that this church... God has something great in store. I love that. I absolutely love that. I also know that people of resolute faith like Sherry Logue inspire and encourage and equip and lead the way for us to see what it's like to have godly character. I, I would encourage you to go back and look at that, that conversation we had on a Sunday morning. I believe it's one of the services in November. Sherry had mentioned that after her son had been ran over and killed, she said, God gave me the grace to forgive the man and later on the man said it was your forgiveness that helped me deal with life see I can't imagine losing a child but I certainly can't imagine taking the life of a child she was in agony and he was in agony and yet the grace of God poured through her and blessed him. That's what God wants his people to do, is to bless one another. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. What's he doing for you? Is he, are you like Joseph, that, that you're that you seem to get farther and farther away from the promises of God? Trust in Him. 
His word is not going to come up void. Keep on trusting in him because he will turn it around. He will make a way. He will do what he said he's going to do. Just stand on the word of God. Maybe you're like, like David and, and you're running for your life even though you were, you were uh, you're a child of God and it seems like everything is going in chaos and, and, the, and what God has said he's going to do it doesn't seem like it's going to happen because you have so much opposition against you. Take that weapon that you used to slay your adversary before. And remember how many times God has pulled you through the fire. How many times God has blessed you. How many times you were sick and God has healed you. How many times you didn't have a dollar and God provided. How many times God has poured out his amazing grace upon you. And you're going to find that weapon on the other side of praise. Perhaps you've gotten your eyes off the, of church, maybe God's people. When I talk about the church, I don't mean the building, I mean people. The Bible says we're sinners saved by grace. The song we were saying earlier, because he lives, I will not die. Not because of us, because of him. None of us, none of us are perfect. And none of us, not a one of us, can get to heaven apart from God. But church is not about perfection. Church is about perfecting love and forgiveness and grace and mercy and abounding in the joy of the Lord. I don't know where you are today, but I do know this, that God wants us to bless him so if you're going through a circumstance if you're going through a, a difficult time in your life if you're going through a time where you're focused on the on the world and not on God I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now that as we stand would you stand with me and as we sing this song I want you to bless the Lord if you don't know the Lord if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's an amazing journey. And that journey starts with believing that He is and that He rewards those that seek Him. If you believe in God and you want God's blessings on your life, you must first recognize that God I am here. I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. And I can't do it on my own. I repent. I change my direction. I want a relationship with you. That's the very beginning of anybody that has ever come to Christ is recognizing that God is the provider of all good things and that he has your eternal destiny in his hands and that he freely gives eternal life to anybody that will come to him. Perhaps you're struggling right now with, with a medical condition or, a, or, or, or another condition in your life and you're struggling. You say, I don't know how God is going to provide. 
Surrender it to him. Surrender it to him. Give it to him. Give everything that's in you. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. My mind, my heart, my body, my spirit, everything I am and everything I'm going to be, I submit to the authority of God. And see what God will do. Father, we pray.